Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Nights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with another episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast, where we go through A Song of Ice and Fire chapter by chapter. Um, And we are almost finished with the Game of Thrones. And today's special guest is Aura. You guys probably already know her, but Aura, you want to let the people know who you are and where they can find you? Yes, my name is Ara, aka Ait Zebra. You can find me on YouTube at Ait Zebra, Twitter, Instagram, kind of anywhere. And you can also catch me Sundays with the Direwolf City Girls. And that's every Sunday at 8.30. And we also have a new project on the way, which is probably out by the time you're listening to it, which is Preposterous AF, where we go over unsolved unanswered unexplained and truly just crazy shit so yeah check that out it, it do be crazy <laughs> it do be preposterous <laughs> oh my god it's <laughs> insane but you'll enjoy it <laughs> yeah you will so today we are doing the last aria chapter of a game of thrones and we are in king's landing and the chapter starts out like this the scent of hot bread drifting from the shops along the street of flour was sweeter than any perfume aria had ever smelled she took a deep breath and stepped closer to the pigeon it was a plump one speckled brown busily pecking at the crust that had fallen between two cobblestones but when aria's shadow touched it it took to the air her stick her stick sword whistled out and caught it two feet off the ground and it went down in a flurry of brown feathers she was on it in the blink of an eye grabbing a wing as the pigeon flapped and fluttered it pecked at her hand she grabbed its neck and twisted until she felt the bone snap Whew. girl my favorite homicidal maniac Oh, one thing I just realized is how the, um, spoiler alert, but um, <laughs> that's why you're here. The chapter, like the first thing that happens in the chapter is somebody, is Arya killing someone. And their and, neck. Being- and their <laughs> neck specifically, she rings their neck. Yes. And it's like, that's the, and she hits them with her stick sword. So it's like, that's the first thing that opens up this chapter. And as we get into it, how the chapter ends, I'm like, that's a nice little wrap it up in a bow moment, if you will. <laughs> yes, yes. Nice symbolism right there. So um, Arya is basically in the streets of King's Landing catching a pigeon. And she's doing this because she wants to eat. And it's easier than starving. catching cats. Yeah, yeah it's easier than catching cats. Um, but King's Landing is just awful. Like Flea Bottom is just awful. Like what Arya are like what Arya what Arya is going through is so out of the norm for her. Like she's basically a princess, and now she's just on the streets of Flea Bottom, like trying to survive. Yeah, and it's like she gets like a rough awakening, like really, really early on in the chapter. 
when she like goes and explains like kind of like how her past few days have gone since she's escaped the red keep yeah but if we're gonna be honest out of all ned's kids i feel like she'd be the one to actually be able to handle this oh like, yeah can you imagine sansa trying no. she just sit navigate the through flea bottom she just, she just sit there sit and there just cry, and cry. yeah <laughs> just like I just want my lemon cakes life's not fair life's not fair <laughs> so Arya sees this man and he's like pushing this uh cart with like pies on it or tarts on it and she's like smelling blueberries and lemons and apricots and it's making her super hungry and she's telling herself like you know I could probably steal it (laughs) like I think she asked him for one she's like can I have one a lemon one any kind any kind any kind and the man's like three coppers. She's like, I don't have three coppers. I'll give you this fat pigeon. <laughs> Others take your pigeon. <laughs> yeah, he don't want. He don't want no pigeon. But now he wants some money. She's super, super <laughs> hungry, and she's like thinking of her training that Serio taught her, and she's like, hmm. I need to look. I'm seeing him. He's short. He's fat. Um, he moves slow. Like his legs fucked up. Like I could, uh, like she's sizing him up basically. Yeah. And he could definitely like, I mean, he's been, he's been experienced. He's been a flea bomb for a while. So yeah. I think he could tell he's like the goal closer right there. Don't even try it. <laughs> Right, right. Relax. <laughs> and she wasn't even thinking about the gold cloaks. Like she's so hungry and like so desperate that she she didn't even think about them. Not at all. She's just like, all right, how can I beat him so I can get this lemon tart and just be out? But... Right. She's just looking at exactly what's in front of her and not what's behind her because behind her are two gold cloaks with their cloaks hanging all the way to the ground, died of rich gold. Their mail and boots and gloves were black. Like she's talking like, she's basically just describing fucking two Janice Slint looking motherfuckers. Boo, boo that man. But um, I can't stand him. But one thing I was going to point out was how her training with Serio. I've always been one of the people, I don't like to think that Serio and Jacken are the same people. However, this chapter makes it very convincing mm. when he's talking about, oh, see, like, obviously he says it when they're actually training, but her actually applying that training where it's like, all right, don't just see, like, what do I really truly see? And like, yeah. obviously with her faceless man chapters and those training, they kind of teach her the same thing, like, kind of like, all right, what do you observe? Yeah. Like, how so does I'm that like, person's eyebrow move? How does their mouth move? You can see when somebody's lying. Like, like, like the faceless man, the faceless man, the kindly man knows when Arya's telling the truth, not telling the truth, because her face gives it away. Like, she, certain muscles in your face move a certain way. And they're, like, trying to teach her that. And I, and I don't think Serio is jacking, but I do think i think george planet seeds to possibly go that way yeah like just in case actually we're gonna talk about some seeds that he planted a little bit later <laughs> but the fact that he's like oh um they're also provosi mm-hmm. so it's like okay is this just like a provosi thing but because i doubt it 
And, and but then that, I think about it, Littlefinger's also super, super observant. Like yeah, he's he very, very observant. He catches any little thing. So I'm like, maybe it's a provost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I, I, I know that when the kindly man tells Arya, just so. He, she says something and he's like, just so. And Sirio used to tell her that all the time. And she even says it like when he says that, we're just reminding me of Sirio so bad. Yeah. Sorry. My thing can like cut out for a second. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> oh, stupid laptop. But um, all right. I mean, you can, you can okay. cut that out. <laughs> no, that's fine. So um, she go. So Ar- Arya. I keep seeing your name on the screen and I keep wanting to say R. <laughs> so Arya. Don't look at it. <laughs> sorry. So Arya is talking about like what the talk and flea bottom is, like what the um, gossip is. And it says the talk and flea bottom was that the gold cloaks had thrown in with the Lannisters, their commander raised to a lord with lands on the trident and a seat on the king's council. That's true. That is correct. She had also heard other things, scary things, things that made no sense to her. Some said her father had murdered the king. Some said her father had murdered King Robert and been slain in turn by Lord Renly. Others insisted that Renly had killed the king in a drunken quarrel between brothers. Why else should he have fled in the night like a common thief? One story said the king had been killed by a boar while hunting. Another that he died eating a boar, stuffing himself so full that he ruptured at the table. No, the king had died at table, others said, but only because Varys the spider poisoned him. No, it had been the queen who poisoned him. No, he had died of pox. No, he had choked on a fishbone. One thing all the stories agreed on, King Robert was dead. So we see how news gets around in uh, Flea Bottom. Uh, the stories, most of the stories were for bullshit. Ooh, what is something interesting about those rumors? I just noticed as you were reading it back and I'm like reading it back again. You've read this uh, several times. It just dawned on me. Obviously, like the truth is that Robert got killed by a boar while hunting. Mm-hmm. However, some of the rumors are kind of almost like foreshadowing for other events. Like, Renly had killed the king, mm-hmm. and it's like Renly got killed by his brother, his yeah. other brother, who technically, legally, should be the king. In a quarrel between brothers, yep. Exactly. And then it said um, that he had died eating a boar, and like mm-hmm. about um, the queen, well, sorry, hold on, go back a little bit. Where it said the queen had poisoned him, which we knew the wine was laced a little bit. Mm-hmm. But where it says, like, the king died at the table, the eating the boar part, Varys being poisoned, that all sounds like Joffrey's death. Mm-hmm. And Rob's a little bit, too, because Rob died at a table Yep. during a feast. Joffrey was poisoned, not by Varys, but Littlefinger and Olenna. Mm-hmm. And then the died of a pox, I think, might be alluding to Fagon in the future. Or possibly... Uh, grayscale. Grayscale, yep. And I'm like, ooh, maybe one of these could be Tommen's death, too. Or what if one of these is Littlefinger's death? Ooh, no. I like that even better. <laughs> no, he had choked on a fish bone. 
little finger choking on a fishbone, choking on Sansa, Tully. Uh, 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 uh. Mm. Sansa gonna kill him. I really think, I actually really think the Blackfish and Sansa together are gonna kill him. Oh, definitely. I could, like we were talking about before on the um, Direwolf City, I definitely could see the Blackfish pulling up, pulling Littlefinger's card. Yeah. And then Sansa being like, okay, now I can switch sides. He lied. I'm actually Ned's daughter. <laughs> right. Um, so they say that the bells in the seven towers, the grapes that the bailer had told for a day and a night, the thunder of their grief rolling across the city in a bronze tide. They only rang the bells like that for the death of a king, a tanner's boy told Arya. All she wanted was to go home, but leaving King's Landing was not so easy as she had hoped. Talk of war was on every lip, and gold cloaks were as thick on the city walls as fleas. Wait. <laughs> and gold cloaks were as thick, and gold cloaks were as thick on the city walls as fleas on, well, her. For one, she had been sleeping in flea bottom on rooftops and in stables, wherever she could find a place to lie down. And it hadn't taken her long to learn that the district was well named. Yo, are you? Arya has been having a rough time. Like, there's no Girl. way I could have I could have gone through what she'd went through. Like, she's been robbed of like her clothes. Like, she's happened to hide needle. Like, yeah, and like before that too, she even says like um, when they're talking about all the rumors, she's like, even from the distance that she's at, she could still see the heads rotting out the top of the gates. Yep. Yeah. And those are people she's known her literally in her entire existence, like her whole life. And she knows those. She knows every single one of those people. Yep. And she can't get out of King's Landing. Like She doesn't want to no. be there, but she can't get out. She's like, yeah, because they're not her. letting, literally, they're not letting anybody out. They're only letting people in. And the people that they are letting out, they have to go through so much questioning and searching. And she's like, I'd rather not risk that. Yeah. But- what I thought was funny when she's talking about how she might get out, she mentions um, possibly stowing away mm-hmm. on a galley. Sorry, I'm like jumping a little bit ahead of here. But she says that, oh, hold on. Da-da-da-da. Sorry, I'm pulling up the coat. <laughs> Arya glanced at it thoughtfully, but it was well beyond the reach of her stick. It made her think of the sea. Maybe that was the way out. Old Nan used to tell stories of boys who stowed away on trading galleys and sailed off into all kinds of adventures. Maybe Arya could do that too. She decided to visit the riverfront. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, first of all, you know how I feel about Old Nan and anybody that listens to Old Nan got common sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the she- fact that it's like he drops that so early about her, like essentially, I mean, she doesn't stow away. She kind of gets let on the ship to Bravos, but she does sail off, you know, leaving Westeros behind for a bit for yeah, adventure. She does. Um, she tells us about the pot chops. Yeah, she does. And the bowl of brown and stuff like that. It's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it is gross. Well, not going to lie. The bowl of browns sound low key good when she's talking about them at first, at first, until she talks about them giving money for puppies so puppies yeah. go in there. Yeah, she's like, I don't think about what kind of meat's in it. Yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't either. 
Like, who knows what the hell they're putting in that? <laughs> I That's wonder, gross. like, I feel like pot shops were a thing. Oh, were, I think so as well. They were definitely a thing. So basically a pot shop in Flea Bottom. Um, Aria, when she catches these birds, like, first she would eat them raw, but then she found out that if she would give half of her bird to a pot shop, they would give her a heel of yesterday's bread and a bowl of brown, and they'd stick the other half of the bird in the fire and crisp it up for you, so long as you pluck the feathers yourself. Arya would have given anything for a cup of milk and a lemon cake, but the brown wasn't so bad. It usually had barley in it and chunks of carrot and onion and turnip and sometimes even apple with a film of grease swimming on top. Mostly, she tried not to think about the meat once she had gotten a piece of fish. <laughs> but she doesn't like going to the pot shops because it's a lot of people in there and like she doesn't want to get robbed or raped or any of that stuff like she actually has like nice leather boots on and a nice cloak like even though it's a dirty it's still nice like people are walking around there barefoot yeah and she said like somebody like tried to get her for her boots and so she yeah, like so hit her Jordy came up like but, what size of them boots <laughs> exactly yo let me let me run you for your boots aria and she's like get the fuck out get out of here go away like and just yeah. like swats her i feel her because you're not getting me for my boots right no like that's especially a dirty ass flea bottom like ew probably like hepatitis from like stepping on stuff outside. really like really but so she's like really want to get out of the city she's like once i get out of here like i could catch rabbits i can pick berries like she's she's like not even tripping about how she's gonna survive she's just think like she's in straight up survival mode but um so she's like walking through the city she's trying to get back she's trying to get somewhere to sell this pigeon and she sees like children playing and they're like chasing a hoop and Arya stared at them with resentment, remembering the time she'd played at hoops with Bran and John and their baby brother Rickon. She wondered how big Rickon had grown and whether Bran was sad. She would have given anything if John had been here to call her little sister and muss her hair. Not that it needed mussing. <laughs> I feel so bad. I just want to go to Flea Bottom and get her and pick her up. And give her a bath and comb her hair. <laughs> and and buy that whole cart of tarts for her. She probably smelled so bad. Yeah, she she probably smelled awful. <laughs> she probably did. That's probably why the kids didn't want to play with her. It's like, you you stink. <laughs> I they probably couldn't have been talking. Honestly, she did say like once she started speaking, they're kind of like, yo. Yes, she said that she must be speaking wrong. Like whatever it is, she must have said it wrong. Yeah, and it reminds me of like um, oh my gosh, I know that would definitely happen in the show. I'm trying to remember if it happens in the book when she's with Roos rather than Tywin, when they're like, "It's my lord, not my lord." So if you're gonna be like, um, yeah, like if you're gonna pose as a commoner, (laughs) you should learn how to talk like one. Yeah, that's how I think Damon was teaching nettles. You gonna pose as this? Let me teach you this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, like how she's she um obviously that, and then she's a northerner. So she has like a northern accent yeah, too, for sure. Compared to King's Landing, because we do know that like they do have different like accents within Westeros itself. So they're probably like 
All right, this lady talks really proper, and she doesn't sound like she's from around here. I don't think they're well-traveled enough to know that she's from the north specifically, but they know enough to know she's not from around there. Yeah. So she sees the, the Wind Witch, which is the ship that they were supposed to go home on. And Arya's like, she's still here. And she's kind of like, you know, like, mm. She's like crying. She's all excited, but she's like, hold on. Let me wipe my tears. I don't want them yeah. to see me cry. And she's like, wait a minute. Hold on. Who's that? <laughs> like, right. I don't know, y'all. It's sa- she says, look with your eyes. She heard Syria whisper. And then she knows that she doesn't know them. They're not her father's men. They're all strangers. And they call her a boy. And then, like, she decides... Oh, well, Arya is a girl. So if they're if they think I'm a boy, then I'll be a boy. Yes, a lot of setup for what's like about to come for Arya's future. Mm-hmm. And it's also, but this is even the first time that they've done that to her. Yeah, like when she had um, listened in on Ilario and Varys talking, and she tries to get back in to like the Red Keep. They're like, if you don't get your ass out of here, boy, like yeah. dirty. You yep. dirty little boy, go away. No beggars. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I know. But with one thing I was going to point out is um, how she mentions that she knows all of her father's men's faces. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, she's so like little Ned. She is. Because Ned remembered everybody. He would sit with like people like at least once, you know, to get a feel for everybody. And it kind of seems like that rubbed off on, obviously, Arya. It seems like John, Rob. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell. Bra- the only person who I feel like did not get any of these like traits is Sansa. Yeah. It's because Sansa's so so ladylike. But, I mean, at the same time, Sansa does, like, when she's at the in at the crossroad. Hold on. Yuki, do you have to squeeze that right here? Oh my god. It's just gonna be in the background. I ain't gonna make her stop playing with it. <laughs> she now she's doing it louder. She's like, Oh, you told me to stop. Just kidding, mom. <laughs> well, when she is at the end, when Sansa is at the end of the crossroads, like she is able to like name Renly and she is able to name Sir Barrison. But I feel like could she like would she know who Harwin is or like Jory. Well, she probably knows who Jory is, but like the the guy who keeps the hounds, or like yeah, the kennel master. Yeah, uh, the, the, like, the master of horse. Do like I doubt know, she knows any of those people. Do you even know who Micken is? <laughs> yeah, that actually reminded me of um when they were questioning Jane Poole like in a dance with dragons, and she's mm-hmm. like, and then Theon's like. I know he didn't give you lemon cakes, but geez, remember his name. Your father was a castellan here, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> right. It just was like, yeah, I'm assuming her and Sansa were not concerned about that at all. At all. No, they were more concerned no. about princes and fairy tales and all of that. So by the time Arya gets back to Flea Bottom, oh my God, can you hear that shit? A little, but it's not okay, too bad. It's not bad. Okay. <laughs> I guess it just sounds bad because it's like right by my ear. Um, 
so when Arya gets back to Flea Bottom, she realizes that she forgot, like she dropped her pigeon or somebody stole it off of her. Like she's thinking she's about to get a bowl of brown, like she can smell it. And then she's like, oh no, my pigeon is gone. And before she can even process that, the bells start ringing again. Yes. And it says, the bells again, gods have mercy, wailed an old woman. A red-haired whore in a wisp of painted silk pushed open a second-story window. Is it the boy king that's died now? She shouted down, leaning out over the street. Ah, that's a boy for you. They never last long. As she laughed, a naked man slid his arms around her from behind, biting her neck and rubbing the heavy white breast that hung loose beneath her ship. Ooh, stupid slut, the fat man shouted up. (laughs) The king's not dead. That's only summoning bells. One tower tolling. When the king dies, they ring every bell in the city. Here, quit your biting or I'll ring your bells, the woman in the window said to the man behind her, pushing him off with an elbow. So who is it died, if not the king? It's a summoning, the fat man repeated. So. That was Ross. (laughs) That was Ross. Yeah, because it's very specific. It's like a red-haired whore. And I'm like, big titties. Yeah, and what other red-haired whore do we know with big tits that works in a brothel? Roz, because Roz went down when they all went down, and she decided to work in Littlefinger's brothel. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I just think, yeah, I think that was Roz. I'm with you. And she, (laughs) yeah, and she's got a point when she said, you know, they never, they don't last long. Like Joffrey died like very quickly. Yeah. So did Rob. Mm -hmm. And Rob's a boy king. I would consider Rob a boy king. Oh, I would too. He's like, what, (laughs) 14, 15? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's just a boy. And then uh, doesn't look good for Tommen. (laughs) Yeah. So Arya is like asking like who, like what's going on? And um, because the, the boys like there's like kids running and people and they're like, they're the gold cloaks is carrying him to the sept. And who she yelled, running hard, the hand, they'll be taking his head off. <laughs> and so that and she knows the hand is her father. Yeah, actually, oh, so to continue off of that, where it says um right after. A passing wagon had left a deep rut in the street. The boy leaped over, but Arya never saw it. She tripped and fell, face first, scraping her knee open on a stone and smashing her fingers where her hands hit the hard-packed earth. Needle tangled between her legs. She sobbed as she struggled to her knees. The thumb of her left hand was covered with blood. So when I read that, I'm like, bruh. There was, I don't know why I ever had faith that Ned was going to survive when the literal next lines after they say, the hand, they're going to take his hand, head off, is Arya, the hand's daughter, literally injuring herself, getting covered in blood, and her hand gets injured in the process that's right. also covered in blood. And it's her left hand, and normally... Well, depending, you can, some people do like, oh, the hand of the king's like the right hand or the left hand. All depends. Arya's lefty, so we're just going to say that's why. It's her dominant hand that got it, injured. Yep. Yep. So that's foreshadowing, yeah. foreshadowing. Yeah, there was no way Ned was making it. <laughs> no way. No. Like, 
every one of his chapters was like some foreshadowing that he was going to die. <laughs> like literally it's like it, all there. It's all signs point to Ned's death and you're still holding out hope. <laughs> every, every time, like when I was doing the first chapters of Obsidian Nights, um, I was paying a lot of t- attention to Ned's chapters. I really like Ned, even though I find him very stupid. I do like him. And like the first, his first chapter takes place in the crypts of Winterfell amongst dead people and then his second chapter takes place in the Barrowlands amongst dead people like every time him and Robert together there's all these dead people around them and then it's like by his third POV it's like oh you're in King's Landing your Uber has arrived to your destination time to die and it's oh seriously see him inching closer and closer it's yeah, and I don't know why I keep doing this to myself, but I, that Ned chapter in the Barrel Lanes was with me. And that's when he kills Lady, and now look, now look where we're at. Why do I keep no, doing no, this no, to not myself? That not that one. The one, the one where... Uh, oh, he's talking about John's mom and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Or John's fake war, mom, I should yeah, say. where Robert says the war's coming, and he can't make Robert, he can't make sweet Robin the um, heir of the veil. I mean, of the, he can't make him warden of the East because. Yeah. He's a kid. Which was, yeah, this was pure fuckery in that. <laughs> and they are, they were arguing about it. So they like, went into the Jamie. What does Jamie have anything to do with the veil? Right. Like the Knights of the Veil are going to follow. I mean, they would have followed a whole Jamie. They wouldn't have no choice because Jamie was that man so he and was that I'm, dude now that like i thought kingsguard members couldn't hold those type of titles they're not supposed to but it's the king's brother-in-law honestly so. good riddance to robert he was such a pushover he was <laughs> like he was horrible he was a terrible king awful awful mm-hmm. so um Arya describes like what's going on um it being all uh, crowded, people pushing past each other. Um, oh, she sees Hobber and Slobber. Yes. Red Sir, wine. Sir Horace and Sir Hobber. Um, Ooh, another bit of foreshadowing because they're all heading to the Sept. And obviously, I mean, they didn't do it, but when like Marjorie gets her accusations and gets arrested, they also get arrested too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that. Look at you, George. <laughs> so clever. <laughs> um, Ar- so Arya is like, she gets in with the people and she's trying to get to, to the Sept of Baylor to see what's going on. Her, She keeps saying, like, you know, her thumb is hurting. Um, it, it's all she could do not to cry. And she's limping. And, like, she's just listening to the people around her. And, like, she hears excited voices around her. And she says, the king's hand, Lord Stark, they're carrying him up to Baylor Sept. I heard he was dead. Soon enough, soon enough. Here I got me a silver sag, says they lop his head off. Past time, the traitor, the man spat. Arya struggled to find a voice. He never, she started. But she was only a child, and they talked right over her. Fool, they ain't neither going to lop him. Since when do they nick traitors on the steps of the great sept well they don't mean to anoint him no night 
I heard it was Stark killed old King Robert, slit his throat in the woods. And when they found him, he stood there, cool as you please, and said it was some old boar did for his grace. Ah, that's not true. It was his own brother did him, that Renly, him with his golden antlers. You shut your lying mouth, woman. You don't know what you're saying. His lordship's a fine, true man. By the time they reached the streets of the sisters, they were packed in shoulder to shoulder. Arya let the human current carry her along up to the top of Asenia's hill. The white marble plaza was a solid mass of people, all yammering excitedly at each other and straining to get closer to the great sept of Baylor. The bells were, the bells were very loud here. Mm. So, so I wonder, like, mm-hmm. if 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 the books end anything like Game of Thrones, and Arya is in King's Landing, because I do believe that bells will toll in King's Landing. Um, I heard some really good analysis about it being like a John Cunnington thing, like a, a replay of Bat- Battle of the Bells. So I wonder if something like that happens, if Arya would have like a PTSD moment, like a flashback moment of the last time she was in King's Landing hearing some kind of fucking bells like that. Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah, I always thought that whole bell situation was related to John Con in Aegon. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it just makes sense. It didn't make sense for Danny because bells usually mean victory for the Dothraki and that's how she's always like even in her chapter she equates bells with victory mm-hmm. and when she loses she's like I can't put bells in my hair yeah. so like god they don't know what they're doing over there but anyways <laughs> um when they say like oh since when did they they don't behead traitors at the sept because that's a holy place yeah. so I've always been belief and I'll go more into some of the other clues as we go through this, that the intention was for Ned to go to the wall. Ned was not to be killed. He was indefinitely supposed to go to the wall. For sure. Like that was the plan. That was the whole plan. Cause if they were going to kill him, they would not have brought him to the sept. Mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So that's why, and I want to say that because everybody loves to try to sit there and drag my good girl Cersei and say how she's an idiot and she's dumb and blah, 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 blah. Cersei had enough wherewithal to know that taking Ned's head off is a stupid idea. Yeah. Dumb as hell. Dumb as hell. That was literally her demon spawn Joffrey. Mm-hmm. But I and don't somebody think, else. Yeah, and somebody and else. Somebody else. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I don't think he did we, it. We can, get to, we can get to that somebody else when we get a little bit deeper because I got thoughts. <laughs> so Arya gets down there and, um, oh, where was I? It says Arya grew fit. Arya grew frantic, forcing her way to the front of the crowd. She was shoved up against the stone of a plinth she looked up at Baylor the blessed the septon king sliding her stick sword through her belt Arya began to climb her broken thumbnail left smears of blood on the painted marble but she made it up and wedged herself in between the king's feet that was when she saw her father Lord Eddard stood on the high septon's pulpit outside the doors of the sept supported between two of the gold cloaks He was dressed in a rich gray velvet doublet with a white wolf sewn on the front and beads and a gray wool cloak trimmed with fur. But he was thinner than Arya had ever seen him, his long face drawn with pain. He was not standing so much as being held up. The cast over his broken leg was gray and rotten. The high septum himself stood behind him, a squat man, gray with the age of 
gray with age and ponderously fat, wearing long white robes and an immense crown of spun gold and crystal that wreathed his head with rainbows wherever he moved. Clustered around the door of the sept in front of the raised marble pulpit were a knot of knights and high lords. Joffrey was prominent among them, his raiment all crimson, silk and satin, patterned with prancing stags and roaring lions, a gold crown on his head. His queen mother stood beside him in a black morning gown slashed with crimson, a veil of black diamonds in her hair. Arya recognized the hound wearing a snowy white cloak over his dark gray armor with four of the king's guard around him. She saw Varys the eunuch gliding among the lords in soft slippers in a patterned damask and a patterned damask robe. And she thought the short man with the silvery cape and pointed beard might be the one who had once fought a duel for mother. That's oh, can finger. we pause? Can yeah. we pause for a second, actually? Because I wanted to go back a little bit. <laughs> you kept going, so I was like, uh, let me not interrupt there. Um, one thing I like that the show added in um, when you were talking about when she got up to the sept is when she first saw her father. Mm-hmm. Is the show added in Ned telling Yorin Baylor? Yeah. And honestly, when I that gave me like the biggest little bit of reprieve. Because we never, we don't know, obviously, in the books, if Ned knows that Arya is okay. Yeah. Because he's never heard anything about Arya, and he, no one has heard about Arya. So, like, that was one thing I liked that the show added in, that little detail that he's like, all right, I know she's okay. Like, at least I, like, he knows where Sansa is, but he knows that she's still alive and well. And that, um, like, even though it's, like, obviously moments before his inevitable demise, that little bit of comfort. And his last, like, act, I feel yeah. like, as a father is, like, hey, go get my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, like, literally his, one of his, yeah, that's his final act besides confess that bullshit confession. But it's the last thing he does. But, when sorry, what were you about to say? <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, do you think there was some, do you think that actually could have happened that we didn't see? I do think, I think that might have happened because, the fact that Yorin finds her so easily in that big ass crowd, I I could see it. And not only that, Yorin would have been close to the pulpit. Mm -hmm. And, and um, George was working with them very closely on season one. Yes. So that probably could have came from him, but the whole reason Yorin is there is because Ned's supposed to go to the night's watch. That's he's the waiting. only reason he's still there. He's yep. waiting to take Ned to the Night's Watch. So Ned starts his confession. Oh, and- wait, before his confession. Oh, oh. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Um, the fact that she didn't know who Littlefinger was, like, she knew, like, sorry, she knows who it is. She's right. That's exactly who that is. But she doesn't know his name. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like. And she's very good with names. Like, she doesn't forget a name, it seems like. She doesn't forget names or faces. So I'm like, no one's ever mentioned the name Littlefinger in front of her? I think it's because most of her time that she's been at King's Landing, she's been doing her own thing. Like, she's been uh, with Serio. She's been chasing cats. Like, she's been in dungeons with dragon skulls and shit. Like, she's just been doing her own thing. And she doesn't, like, you never see, like, how Sansa goes to court and, and Sansa goes to the tourneys and interacts and mingles. Arya'd be off, like, doing her own shit. That is true. Because, you know what? Like, um, just because in my mind, I had to remind myself that incident in the show where they, like, 
go over what happened with the hound that was not Littlefinger sharing that story. Yeah. That never happened. Because yep. I was trying to think, I was like, when did she ever actually even have a chance to interact or be in the same like scene as him? And I'm like, oh, she, she really hasn't. No. But it goes to show you how smart she is that she knew who that was anyways without ever right. being formally introduced. Right. She knows his backstory. Like, yeah, she, he dueled for my mom. And know what? It's funny that they bring that, sh- bring that up. Because, like, she could have said anything, but the fact that, oh, that's the guy that dueled for my mom. And I'm just going to say it now. I wholeheartedly believe Littlefinger is one of the main reasons why Ned died. Yeah, Littlefinger put that put that seed in Joffrey. Oh, he definitely put it in Joffrey. And the story mentions the duel and obviously that being what the resentment between Littlefinger and the Stark stems from. Yeah. Like, yeah. he didn't like Brandon and then Ned by proxy because Ned ended up marrying Cat, which is all he's ever wanted was Cat. Yeah. So it makes sense if he has the opportunity to betray him, which we already saw, that he's going to just go, you know, full, fully through with it. Mm-hmm. I can't stand Littlefinger. I can't either. I hate him. So okay. Ned has made this deal that he's going to confess and then he'll go join the Night's Watch. He'll be with John. Um, he starts his confession and it's like he's so weak that they can't hear him. So he starts again um, louder and he says, I am Eddard Stark, Lord of Winterfell and Hand of the King. And I come before you to confess my treason in the sight of gods and men. No, Arya whimpered. Below her, the crowd began to scream and shout. Taunts and obscenities filled the air. Sansa had hidden her- <clears throat> Sansa had hidden her face in her hands. Her father raised his voice still higher, straining to be heard. I betrayed the faith of my king and the trust of my friend Robert, he shouted. I swore to defend and protect his children, yet before his blood was cold, I plotted to depose and murder his son and seize the throne for myself. Let the high Septon and Baylor the Beloved and the Seven bear witness to the truth of what I say. Joffrey Baratheon is the one true heir to the Iron Throne, and by the grace of all the gods, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms and protector of the realm. Oh, wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Huh? Hello? I can't hear you. You're not confessing at all. Because if he was confessing... You. I didn't hear none of oh, that. Oh, no. Oh, because I had muted it. I'm a dummy. <laughs> Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. So Ned's, it says, let the high septum in Baylor... The beloved and the seven bear witness to the truth of what I say. Ned worships the old gods. Right. So he's really not actually promising or making an oath to anything. Nothing. Because if he really was, he like, you know, by the old gods and stuff like that, him saying stuff about the seven doesn't mean nothing to Ned. Nothing. So he's really still being honorable in a way. Like, he's like, I'm not really attesting to this, but I'll attest to it the way you guys think I'm going to attest to it. But clearly, I'm not really committing to it. I can tell you like this. If Ned had survived, Ned would have joined Stannis 100%. Oh, easily. 100% he would have joined Stannis. He would have never been with all that king in the North shit. He's too modest for that. Like, he would have never wanted that. He would have told his lords. and, And he's old, like... 
he's a he's been to battle he's been to war he's respected like rob was just a kid like rob yeah wind up gaining respect but whatever ned would have said would have went so if ned would have said we're joining with stannis where that's what it would have meant we're joining with stannis yeah honestly had renly not said you know support me ned would have ned would have left with renly yeah if Renly just get and I've brought this up before on other platforms and streams and talks I still think Renly is an idiot for that because it's like boy just keep your mouth shut throw your lot in with your brother let him get the throne and then get rid of him don't openly oppose him duh <laughs> right but that's just me being a terrible person but I would hey that was a better plan than Renly's because I don't think he would have went to No Night's Watch, yo. Ned would have went straight to fucking Dragonstone. He'd been like, all right, Yorin, bye-bye. <laughs> Honestly, I think Ned actually would have gone to the watch. You think? Yeah, just because, well, one, how, I mean, he could get to Dragonstone, but I feel like that's way too close to King's Landing, and they got way too many well, spies maybe what for that to slide. Maybe he would have went to Winterfell. Maybe he went to Winterfell, but I don't have him going to the watch and and doing time for a crime he didn't commit. Him knowing that the land what the Lannisters did, like in in Ned's mind, like they've killed his friend, his best yeah. friend. They've killed his brother, and he let them do it. Like it, he's being eat up with grief while he's in those cells. Like when he's seeing Robert. In his in his heyday at Heron Hall and the demon of the trident and all that stuff, muscled like a maiden's fantasy. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I I let them kill you. It's like it's what he feels like it's his fault. So as, <laughs> as dumb as dumb as that is, Kinda. as honor bound as that is, I don't think now I think Ned would have like got some balls that day. Got Honestly, I could have just seen him just staying in Winterfell. Oh, because no. that's like the only reason why I could see him going to Winterfell rather than Dragonstone. If he were to like not go to the Watch, in that case, is he's safer in the North? There, like Southern armies cannot infiltrate the North. Dragonstone, however, is a hop, skip, and a jump from King's Landing. Yeah. So, and obviously there's like Varys' spy network, Cersei's, Littlefinger, like they, you know what I mean? That's very close proximity. Yeah. Yeah. So they could have taken him out very easily, but I feel like if once he passes the neck, it, it, he's untouchable at that point. Like you're really not going to get Ned. Yeah. He could just go to the clitoris of Westeros as Mandy calls And hide it. out with <laughs> Helen Reed. <laughs> what her watch. <laughs> Yes, him and Helen Reed could reunite and then they could go to the wall and tell John the <laughs> truth. But that's not what happened. <laughs> that's not even what happened. So the crowd starts like throwing shit at Ned and Arya's like, please, gods, keep him safe. She starts praying for her dad, like, don't let them hurt my father. And then um Joffrey, like, like first of all, Ned's getting fucked up with these rocks. Like his head's bleeding. Oh, yeah. And like um joffrey steps out and she and he's like you know calm the fuck down my mother bids me let lord eddard take the black and lady sansa has begged mercy for her father he looked straight at sansa then and smiled and did jack gleason play that shit or what like 
Oh my God. That he moment. did so, so good. And this goes to show you how great George's dialogue is because mm-hmm. literally rip the word for word in Jack Gleason's delivery. Like whenever I read this like passage, I picture him. Mm-hmm. I, Every, just, I can hear in his voice, like even with the audiobook with Roy Dotrice talking, I mm-hmm. hear it in Jack Leeson's voice. And I see that smirk when he looks at Sansa. I yep. see that that shit is burned in my brain. Him when he's like at Sansa. But they have the hearts of women. I'm like, no. <laughs> but they have the soft hearts of women. So long as I am your king, treason shall never go unpunished. Sir Ilan. Bring me his head. Uh, ah! And the crowd just Ooh. goes crazy. Ooh, and one other thing to add to um, when we were talking about, obviously, like the signs that Littlefinger was definitely involved. Mm-hmm. So after he says a certain bring me his head, the crowd roared and Arya felt the statue of Baylor Rock as they surged against it. The high septum clutched at the king's cape. Varys came rushing over, waving his arms. Even the queen was saying something to him, but Joffrey shook his head. Lords and knights moved aside as he stepped through the tall and fleshless, a skeleton in iron mail, the king's justice. Dimly, as if from far off, Arya heard her sister scream. Sansa had fallen to her knees, sobbing hysterically. Want to know whose reaction is seemingly missing in the hysterical reactions? Littlefinger. And... She acknowledged all those people. She acknowledged the High Septum earlier, Varys, Cersei, Sansa, the Hound, mm-hmm. and Littlefinger. You know, she doesn't say his name. We know it's Littlefinger by the description. Yep. She also goes in and mentions all of those same people, with the exception of Littlefinger, all panicking. Yep. Like the High Septum said, yo, what are you doing? Varys and Cersei are both like, this was not the plan. Mm-hmm. Sansa obviously is like, whoa, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you said you'd have mercy on my father, but let's not use Sansa's judgment here. I think but- Littlefinger little had no choice. Like, Littlefinger wanted Ned dead, not just to cause problems with the Starks and the Lannisters, but Littlefinger had ultimately betrayed Ned, and there was no coming back from that. That, but- too. And also, I really think a lot of it just stems over hatred for Brandon. Yeah, and Littlefinger, like, still trying to be in that cat cootie. Oh, yeah, and his, like, super delusional brain. Yeah, yep. He's fucking nuts. So um, Arya, like, tries to jump down, tries to, like, shove people aside and, like, basically cut through them motherfuckers. But anyway, Sir Illyn draws a two-handed greatsword from the scabbard on his back. And he lifted the blade above his head. Sunlight seemed to ripple and dance down the dark metal, glinting off the edge, sharper than any razor. Ice, she thought. He has ice. Her tears streamed down her face, blinding her. And then a hand shot out of the press and closed round her arm like a wolf trap. So hard that needle went flying from her hand. Arya was wrenched off her feet. She would have fallen if he hadn't helped her up. As easy as if she were a doll, a face pressed close to hers, long black hair, a tangled beard and rotten teeth. Don't look, a thick voice snarled at her. I, 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 Arya sobbed. The old man shook her so hard her teeth rattled. Shut your mouth and close your eyes, boy. Dimly as if from far away, she heard a noise. 
a soft sighing sound as if million of people had let out their breath at once. The old man's fingers dug into her arm, stiff as iron. Look at me. Yes, that's the way of it. At me. Sour wine perfumed his breath. Remember, boy. I was, it was the smell oh. that did it. Oh, oh, wait, go ahead. Okay, so a couple little quick things here. All right, just, I'm a Star Wars nerd. When and I'm positive when George was like, oh, as if a million people had let out their breath at once. I'm like, okay, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because <laughs> like, that's very similar language that's used when um, they, the Empire destroys Alderaan with the Death Star. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, what was that? I was like, it's like as if millions of voices all just like, like yeah. essentially like panic and then just all went out at once. Like it's very similar, similar dialogue. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. But before that, where <laughs> she's like, oh, it was the smell. I'm like, damn, yeah. you are a new stinky boy. <laughs> That's how she identified him. <laughs> like not even the not like not even teeth, not the hair, the smell. But I mean, he did say that you know. Back in the day, they used to get treated really well for the Night's Watch. It was an honor to have them. Now he's like, I'll be lucky if I can get a room at an inn. Yeah. And he finds Needle for her, which I feel like, I love Yorn. I actually really like Yorn. Um, I do too. Oh, now I remember what I was going to say before, like the smell thing. It kind of brought me back to, um, so the last person we see executed by ICE is in Bran's first chapter. And the others. <laughs> the guy that was running from the White Walkers. Yes. So in the deserter mm-hmm. of the watch, and John specifically tells Bran, don't look. You have to look. If you don't look, father will know you didn't look. Mm. And then the next time we see someone executed by ice, we have another one of Ned Stark's kids being told by another brother of the Night's Watch this time, don't look. Don't look. Because, yeah, I'm like, that's, I'm like, that's a little interesting tie. Because obviously, John eventually does join the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm. And then on top of that, Ned was supposed to go to the Watch. Mm-hmm. And he's being executed as a traitor. And that was also another death of a traitor. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, hmm. And that's a little mm-hmm. parallel. Nice parallel, George. We see what you did there. So um, Yorn grabs her, shoves her into a doorway. Like, if you don't really know what's going on, you don't know what the hell he's doing to her. Because the way it's described, he's cutting her hair. Like, he's cutting her hair so she'll look more like a boy. And he can disguise her and take her to Winterfell. And that's how the chapter ends. It's like him roughly cutting her fucking hair. Yeah, and it's like, and that's how the episode ends too. But it's yeah. um, honestly, I will say the Baylor episode when it comes to this chapter for Arya, it's obviously it's it's damn near beat for beat, with the minor exception of her going down to the docks. Yep, it's but like very... it was spot on. Like it's very very spot on. So like, if you watch that episode. At least the aria section with Ned's execution towards the end. That's all essentially yeah. the same thing. Yeah. 
Well, that was a very sad chapter. But I, you know, it's going to go. It's. I was going to say it's going to go up for, from here for the Star Kids. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's, no, it's going to go down a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. um, you would think it couldn't get much worse, but it'll get worse. But hopefully it gets better. Um, but it doesn't get better. <laughs> like Just thinking about it. Just thinking about it right now. For Arya, it doesn't really get better. That's why, like, when people say, oh, Arya's like a homicidal maniac. Arya's this, Arya's that. Yeah, but, like, look what she's, like, look what she's been through. Seriously, like, she's been through hell and she's, like, what, seven or eight? Right. Okay, she's older than that. I think she's, like, between eight and ten. But still, it's so very think- young. Yeah, I think she's nine, actually. Something like that. She's she's in she's like a fourth grader. Like yeah, and she's just like, imagine your average fourth somebody. grader. She's had to kill somebody. She's seen all the men from Winterfell. Like she witnessed the Winterfell wipeout. Like she's seen Fat Tom's body. Like she's seen all yep. these bodies of people that she knows. Heads on the gate of people that she knows, and she's just seen her father get his head lopped off. Yeah, and she knows Serio oh. and Serio as well. Like she doesn't know if he died, but she's pretty assumed. Sure oh, I meant to point this out earlier, but I realized I cut you off when you were doing the descriptions. <laughs> when I was talking about wait, 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 little finger, little finger, um, about George and his early plotting. So, I mean, I know you've talked about it in like other episodes. So, what George's original outline? How Sansa essentially is supposed to go like full blown traitor to the Starks, mm-hmm. marry Joffrey, have his babies, et cetera, et cetera. Those plans were seemed like we're kind of still in here a little bit because the, um, when Ari is describing everybody on the um, like on the platform, if you will, she yeah. said, and there in the midst was Sansa, dressed in sky blue silk with her long auburn hair, washed and curled, and silver bracelets on her wrist. Arya scowled, wondering what her sister was doing here, why she looked so happy. Mm. And obviously her happiness turns to sadness shortly after. It's not long lived. But at the same time, like, even if I was, like, told by this clear lying sociopath that, oh, no, your dad's going to be okay. We're just going to, you know, send him to the wall. He's going to take the black. I still would be nervous. Yeah. yeah. I would be shaking in my until I seen my dad taking the black. I would literally be a nervous Nelly that whole time. It's, I it's, would not be smiling. I would be freaking out. It's still part of that naivety that she has where she still, even though Joffrey has shown her exactly who he is, she still has the glimmer of hope that he's going to be a good person and do good things. And I think she sees that's not going to like, she had no doubt that her father wasn't going to the watch. Yeah. And I mean, look at it like Cersei, Varys, the high septum, urine, 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 like urine, urine, you guy, the guy, urine, whatever his name is. Like they were all prepared for Ned to go to the wall. Yep. And that's why I, I like I love when Tyrion and Tywin. I think I can't remember if that's in this book or the next one. 
when he's like, well, there goes your piece once, you know, Joffrey lopped. It's this one. I I just recorded that chapter. I I, I recorded this out of order. So I just recorded that chapter, actually. And I fucking love that chapter with Tywin and Tyrion. I do, too. I do, too, because one, I love, love Tywin. And that chapter is kind of one of those, like, you know, like the theory, if you guys haven't heard it, about like the Tyrion Targaryen. That chapter alone con- completely convinces me that's otherwise. No, that's Tywin's. That's Tywin's baby. Yeah, that's Tywin's baby. But anyway, guys, so that was the last Arya chapter of A Game of Thrones. Ned Stark is dead. Arya. R.I.P. <laughs> yes. Arya is on her way to the north with the Night's Watch. Will she make it? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, yeah, so we won't be seeing or hearing from Arya until a clash of kings. Um, I want to thank you for coming on, Arya. Did you have anything you wanted to add or any announcements? Um, yeah, just you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel, I eat zebra. You can also find me, oh, that's all one word, by the way. And you can find me on all platforms at I Eat Zebra. You can also check me out on Direwolf City on Sunday nights. And check out Preposterous AF on all podcast platforms. Yay! That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. You have a good week. And we, I will see you on the next episode of the City of Nights podcast. Bye. Bye.